this is Tamar Turner here welcoming you back to another episode of the Down to Business podcast. As always, I do hope everyone is doing well out there, just continuing to stay safe, continuing just to, to make things happen despite this pandemic, despite everything going on. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we're getting registered to vote and that we are voting and spreading the word to everybody else because it's definitely important. So nonetheless, the show must go on, the business must continue. And so I'm sitting down today with a friend of mine. We actually I went to middle school together and then we kind of just like after that we kind of just went on different high schools and I went to a different college and everything like that and we really just um did our own things but it actually hit me differently when she came across my my social media one thing my Twitter specifically just because one of my North Carolina followers actually retweeted her onto my timeline and I was really just surprised for one I didn't know it was her at first but then and just seeing the name seeing the face I was like I went to middle school with her but it was just funny that I was able to find out from her again or get back in contact with her through one of my North Carolina followers who I just would have never expected. One of her tweets went viral and it just so happened to be with the business that she currently owns and just the products and a couple of reviews and the services that she got. So naturally I did find her on Instagram and then more recently I reached out to her, wanted to bring her on, wanted to talk about a couple of her businesses and just the success that she's had and everything like that. So Brianna, how you doing today? I'm doing good. You know, I'm hanging in there. You gotta take it day by day, like you said, with the the pandemic and everything going on. You just got to take it one step at a time, but I'm good though. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm definitely glad to hear it. And I'm definitely glad still through everything you're still making it happen, still finding a way. So today we are here to talk about B. Taylor Beauty Company. So can you just tell us a little bit about what your company entails, kind of how you got started and how business has been for you thus far? Yeah. So I originally started off as a makeup artist. I was a freelance makeup artist. I started Back in 2015, when I was living in Philadelphia, obviously, we're both from Philadelphia, so I was freelancing there first, um, kind of like built my clientele up, and then I started to sell lashes at one point. I had a lash line called Tailor Made Lashes. It did really, really good, but at that time, I didn't really know a lot about you know the online business. This is around 2016 at this time. And that's when, you know, online money was just becoming a thing where you could literally live off of making money online. But at that time, I was a full-time student. I was working full-time and I was doing the makeup on the side. And I just didn't have the mindset um, that I have now because I was maybe like 18 or 19. I didn't have the mindset at that point to just really take this online money serious, e-commerce money serious, and that it could possibly like end up being my salary. So that kind of dissolved after about a year or something. And then I was really focusing on school. Like the household I was raised in, school was number one. So I had to focus on school mostly and it got overwhelming basically. So that dissolved. Um, I continued doing makeup and then I moved from Philadelphia to Florida, and that's when I decided to rebrand because people had lashes from 2016, and it's now like 2018. That's when I made the move to to Florida, and people were like, I still have lashes from 2016. Can you bring them back? They're my favorite. I don't want to get rid of them. And I'm like, maybe I had something going. So I rebranded, and that's where B. Taylor Beauty came from. So if you haven't caught on yet, (laughs) I sell cosmetics, so anything from lip gloss, lashes, brush cleansers, 
anything under the sun. So yeah, I'm expanding and hopefully I become like a household name, maybe like a year or two. Uh, you never know. So that's what I'm working on right now. Just in thinking about that, yeah, your life can really change in 24 hours, in a week, in a month. So yeah, a year or two, the fact that, like I said, some of your, how I actually got back in contact was just seeing you on Twitter, just going viral, just about the reviews, about the products, about the services, about the, the content that you put out. So it's it's been pretty good thus far. So like you said, definitely speaking into existence, definitely manifesting it. So something that I want to touch on, just going back a little bit, you said that you originally started in 2015 with just strictly lashes. So when you kind of got yourself going with other lashes and everything like that, would you say that, what was it like back then, like selling lashes? Was it a lot of, was it heavily populated? Meaning, were, were, did you know a lot of other people that were selling lashes? Were you kind of one of the only people coming into the business? How was that just getting started? So I think, I think I really had an advantage back then. And I always beat myself up saying that if I never, you know, strayed away from that, I could really be bigger than what I am now. Um, but, you know, I'm learning not to dwell on the future. It was kind of a learning path back then. But back then, it wasn't as heavily populated like it is now. So another one of the reasons why I kind of dissolved the whole lash business that I had, because I had no one to turn to, to ask for, like, business advice. So these days, you have people that are holding seminars. They're doing, like, one-on-one consultations. Like, now I do one-on-one consultations with other women, sometimes men, um, want to start their online business and they don't really know how to go about that. But when I started that in 2015, 2016, I had nothing, like literally none of those type of resources. I didn't have a vendor list. I didn't have anything. I had to sit and I had to research myself. But um, at that time, the only people that were selling mink lashes, and those were the lashes I was selling as well, was um, like bigger brands. Like um, if you're into makeup, people will understand these names I'm about to list. Lily Lashes, Huda Beauty Lashes. And these were places that were these were companies that were in Sephora or Ulta, and the lashes were like $25 a lash. Like right now, if you mention a $25 lash, people are going to look at you crazy. But at that time, I could sell a lash for $20 and still be beating my larger competitors. So I was, that's why I started to get overwhelmed because I was, you know, selling lashes for $5 less than the bigger brands that everyone was obsessing over at the time. But, you know, I I got overwhelmed with the, the volume and everything, being a full-time student, working full-time. So, yeah, back then, a lot of small businesses weren't really around. And if they were, they were maybe like accessories or something like that. But a lot of like cosmetics business businesses weren't really around at that time. So at that time, I really did have an advantage and if I kept it pushing, maybe could have been something different. But there, there's a plan. I know that God had a plan and everything happens for a reason. So like I said, I'm not trying to dwell on that anymore. But yeah, long story short, that market was very, very small at that time. Um, you just had the big dogs and then maybe you had a few other lash brands. Like there were a few others, but because I think I was maybe like younger and African-American, I drew in a different crowd. And I don't think anyone like in our city had that type of, you know, thing going on. No one had that niche at that time in our area. So I think that was my advantage. And then, of course, social media comes into play as well. So 
Yeah, opposed to now, it was very, very, very small. Yeah, and I'll even say that I think you touched on a great point just about social media, just about and God too, just about how sometimes you don't know what he has for you, what how it may work, when it may work, whatever. But and also too, just the power of social media, just how that's for me now, like I don't really watch the news as much. I'll be the first to admit. But when I wake up every day, I feel like I'm just caught up on everything. Like what happened last night, what happened in the morning, what's happening now. And I feel like social media does a does a I won't say great job because it can be a little biased sometimes too, because a lot of things out there do go unseen or un uh, reported on, but social media can do a great thing for business, can do a great thing for exposure, a simple retweet, something that always interests me. And uh, we talked about it on another episode when I brought on one of my friends, Monet, uh, just about insights and just about activity, just about how something you can do on Twitter is view your tweet activity. You can see like how many people came across your account, how many people clicked it, how many people went to your profile, liked it, retweeted. I think that that's really cool. Sometimes even getting into the times of the day and um, what profiles they reach, what states, what cities, even what countries. So I definitely think that that's a good thing too. And even also thinking about how in 2015, I wasn't in Philadelphia directly. I was down in college in North Carolina, but just in thinking about still the contact that I had in Philly, still the friends that I had, I can't, I definitely will agree with you and say that it wasn't really too many large brands out there where, as opposed to now, it seems like everybody's kind of just doing their own thing, whether it be Philadelphia, whether it be North Carolina, New York, Florida, whatever. So now speaking about Florida, in your move and in your relocation, what was it like really trying to get your, still trying to get your business going? Like you said, going through that rebranding process, but you still know what product and service you want to provide. But at this point, you're in a new area. So new clientele, what was that like kind of just getting started for you? It was horrible. (laughs) It was so bad. I kind of even went through some like depressive states. I was even just talking to my mom the other day, just telling her, you know, some people don't know the, the things that I went through when I moved because moving from a city you spent at that time, I was what? I moved two years ago. So I was 22, maybe turning 23. Yeah. So I was, yeah, 22. So living in a city for 22 years and then moving and like knowing that this is your final move, that you're probably never going to come back to the city is really scary. It's scary just as a regular human being. And it's scary when you're a freelancer, like someone that works for yourself because you have to build a whole new clientele. So that's when, you know, I came up like, with the idea to rebrand because I'm like, it's kind of hard for me to build my clientele. Florida is so big. Florida is like huge. It's bigger than where we're coming from in Philly. And there's so many service providers. So I would say that it, it really discouraged me. And that's when I was like, you know, this is why I shouldn't just have one lane. So I'm going to re rebrand my stuff and I'm going to bring it back. Nevertheless, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, if any of the people that ever came to Florida that was my clients and when you guys came to visit, if you ever came to Florida and you hired me to do your makeup, thank you so much because people don't know how those little gigs put me through just life. It was hard for me to find a job. It took me about six months to find a job just to get stable income. But what was really keeping me above water was you know, people from Philly that was coming down to Miami with their friends and hiring me to do their makeup, like their group of friends makeup. So that's that. And the when I did find a job, those two incomes is what helped me rebrand. 
And even when I look back, <laughs> it's funny because I have this notebook and I've been writing in the notebook from 2018 when I started to rebrand. And I had no job at this time. This is before the six months when I found the job. And I was writing uh, how much, you know, certain inventory would cost. And I'll be like looking at it like, how am I going to make this money? Then boom, I'll get booked for the whole weekend in Miami. And I'll, and it just was just so, it's just like, you know, God, it was just so crazy because I would just be looking like, I don't know how I'm going to get this money to buy this inventory. Then I'll get a job. Then the next weekend I'll get another job. And it wasn't for those people that, you know, I did their makeup back home and I gave them great customer service and they liked the service that I gave them. I probably wouldn't be able to rebrand, you know, obviously until I got a good paying job. It's scary moving to a whole new city, just period. So even with the makeup, I don't really do makeup down here. I was working with my cousin. She has a salon in West Palm Beach, and I connected with her, and she does hair. So, you know, when she had bridal parties and stuff, she would hire me, and we would do, you know, the bridal parties together. But that's every, you know, once in a while, people don't get married every day. Maybe they do, but you know, you know what I mean? People are not booking for bridal parties every day. So that was maybe like a few times every month and things like that, but I never came to Florida and continued doing makeup. I knew I had to change my lane because people don't know me down here, so they're not going to say, oh, go to the girl, be Taylor Beauty. It's just not going to happen like that, and I had no friends to, you know, possibly just like, oh, my girlfriend down the street, let me do her makeup, and then have her post it on her Instagram or something and say, like, oh, it's a new makeup artist in the Fort Lauderdale area. Like, I had none of that. So that's how I knew it was time to bring back my line and open up new streams of new streams of income. So that goes into a whole nother topic of new streams of income and why you need it. Because you never know what in life is going to happen. You could break your arm. And what if you're a service provider and you do hair and your arm is, you know, broken? So what else are you going to fall back on? So, yeah, that's my little spiel about, you know, working for yourself and streams of income and moving to different cities. You just got to be prepared. And I wasn't prepared at the time, but the move was something that had to happen. Like, I had no other choice. So I, I found a way. But if I was to move again, I would definitely be ready, like 100%. And for everybody listening out there, that just goes into the... Uh, just a, a small glimpse or small spiel, like she said, just the life of a, a business owner. And especially when you're when you're switching locations, how it may not be always easy to build that same report, get that same customer fan base, especially in a not just a, any state in Florida, like she said, which is huge. There's so many different cities there's so many different just things, just places. And there's already so many people established. So you're already entering a market where you may not necessarily know all the information, know who's out here, know who's where who does what. So even better too, something that kind of stood out to me where how you were talking about your friends, just in traveling down, booking you, tagging you, that goes a long way. And especially that goes to, that's a testament to you too, just about the work. Because I mean, it's Miami is just like, obviously for me, just and from Philly, I know how we look at Miami. And I know that how we look at that as like a getaway, a place to be and different things like that. So when you're coming down there, especially from a woman perspective, the women want to go all out. They want to look good. They want to make sure that um, they go to the best of the best. So the fact that they were still just going to you, just not only knowing, hey, that's my girl, she's going to do her thing, but she's going to do her thing. I'm going to look great down there. I'm going to feel good. I'm, I'm going to really make it happen. I'm going to show Miami what it's all about. And at the same time, still supporting my friend's business. So that's great. And it even made me think about 
something again that you said at the end, how if you were to move or you were to change locations, you're ready now. So it tells you that how you can learn, how you can make mistakes, how you can write things down, how you can rebrand, whatever the case may be, but nonetheless still be able to move forward from it, be able to have some progress from it. So I definitely do like to hear that. And like you say, your life is going to change soon. It's, it's only a matter of time. So now getting over to the product side of things, something that I that just stands out to me a lot, like I said, a lot of the how I actually came across uh, the page was through the some of the products, some of the reviews, just some of the videos and the content that you posted on how some people were commenting saying, hey, just place the order. I need that. Or where can I grab that? Whatever the case may be. So but one of the products that actually stood out to me more recently uh, was this edible lip scrub that you had. I've been seeing a lot of women talk about it. I've been seeing them leave reviews about it. Can you just can you explain to me one how that works, like how you can make that be able to happen? Because I mean, like, yes, I've had like a uh, chapstick or we've had different things that have flavors to it, but never enough to be edible to eat it. But from what I've been reading from some of these reviews, some of these girls are actually just like eating this a little bit, not, not taking it out the case and just eating it. But when it's on their lips, they say they find themselves kind of tasting a little bit. So what was that? Well, it's kind of like a two part question. What was it like kind of making that experiment and when that and then when you kind of put it out? How did you feel just getting such these great reviews from it? People that kind of just want more and more of it, more flavors. And I saw even some people kind of wanted to start selling it on their own too. Mm -hmm. You know, I was sitting on that idea. I even on Twitter, when I first put it out, I went back into a message because I have a friend named Charisma and um, Shameless Plug. She has a great skincare line. So we're like business besties. So I run everything by her. She runs everything about by me because I feel like we're very uh picky when it comes to our brand like she's not a person that puts out half-ass stuff I'm not a person that put out half-ass stuff so we understand like we don't take shortcuts so I searched our messages and I was sitting on this idea from I think like January or the beginning of quarantine in March and I had just posted it for sale in July because I was trying to perfect it and so basically you make it with all ingredients that you could maybe find in your kitchen. Sugar, of course. Um, I use a vegan colorant. It's a mica powder, but it's vegan. So that's what gives it the bright colors. Um, and then I use a flavoring oil that's also gluten-free and vegan. I use aloe vera. So those are all edible and that's why I named it Edible Lip Scrub because you can literally eat it. The flavoring oil that um I use, bakers use it. So if you ever taste like, I guess, I don't know, go to like a bakery and they have some, some type of exotic cake, they're most likely using these type of oils. So it's very fragrant and it tastes good. <laughs> so that mixed with the sugar just makes it edible. Obviously, aloe vera is very much edible if you're into the health world. Yeah, so I was sitting on it for a long time. I made maybe like about two batches and then I let my mom try it. And this is during quarantine. So everyone's in the house looking rough. And I'm not going to lie, during quarantine, I was kind of um neglecting like my skincare. I was neglecting everything, okay? I know we all went through it, so don't even try to sit here and laugh at me. But my lips was dry. Both of our lips was dry. So when I made the final batch, I'm like, Mom, try this. So we both tried it. We scrubbed it on our lips. And our lips came out like really polished and nice. And I was like, you know, what do you think about the taste? She's like, it tastes good. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I had them all mixed up and everything. And I just never... 
package them up into the jars. So I finally package them up in the jars. I take some pictures and I'm like, I'm going to post this. I post it and the whole inspiration of the lip scrub was because I was homesick. I was homesick and it was reminding me of water rice. So, you know, we eat water rice in Philly and, you know, when I made the colors, I'm like, yeah, this definitely looks like water rice because the first one I made was a mango scrub and it looks just like the mango water rice I'll go to the corner store and get. So I'm like, yeah, this is inspired by water rice. So I dropped the pictures on Twitter with a reference picture of a water rice because everybody doesn't know what water rice is. They call it Italian ice. Like people were all in the comments like, what the hell is water rice? Anyway, dropped the pictures and it did so good. So yeah, that was basically my whole thought behind that. It took some trial and error, but you know, research, research and messing up. Like always, you have to mess up sometimes. But yeah, the girls love it. And I love it too. I lick it off. <laughs> like you can either wipe it off with like a rag or something or whatever. You know, something damp. Or you can just lick it off. I usually just lick it off. So it tastes good. And it's good. Like it's not going to hurt you. So yeah. <laughs> Can't say I blame you or the ladies one bit for doing that. Like I said, just even scrolling through your page. And just seeing how vibrant it was, how bright it was, I clicked it just because it kind of drew my attention. And then seeing what it was, I said, wow. And then going to look at the comments and I saw you posting some of the testimonials and the, the comments and the reviews. I said, oh, wow, she she found a thing here. But like you said, it took trial and error. It took messing up. It took having to try it with you and your mom, having to dry lips, whatever the case may be, just making it happen. And still something good came out of the quarantine. And I will agree with you when you say the whole water ice thing. When I first came down to North Carolina and I first said that ever, they looked at me like I was crazy. They had no idea what I was talking about. So yeah, I do agree with you on that. And big shout out it. to, uh, yeah, they call it all different. I forgot what they called it, something else too. And, and I was just like, no, I don't think we'll ever, because they have a place called Pelicans down there. So it's like the they do like the snow cones and the, the shaved ice. That's what they were calling shaved ice with just like flavor into it. I said, no, nah, it's, a, it's a big difference for sure. So, and that made me even think of big shout out to Fred's water ice that they just put uh, uptown. I was able to stop by there a couple of times before I actually moved down to Florida myself too. So now, I was just looking, obviously scrolling through your page, just seeing that you have sponges, you have mirrors coming, you have even some products for men that'll be out by the time this interview gets out there. And even um, just your palettes that you have, just the colors, just even masks I see. So what is it like constantly having to evolve? Where does the inspiration come to want to put new products out there, to want to provide new services for people? And where do you kind of get your ideas for like these products and is this kind of just, I know you follow probably a lot of different pages and maybe see other things or these things, like you said, that you've just been sitting on and after trial and error, they kind of come to fruition. What is that like for you personally? You know, it's a lot sometimes. And like right now, I know I'm working on something that's very last minute that I'm trying to put out for my birthday. And when I say this, like, Sometimes I don't think I could top myself, but this, I'm not going to be able to top this, at least not anytime soon. But I just think about how, like I said earlier, I want to become a household name. Um, Like there's a lot of black cosmetic brands that are becoming a household name. Like uh, you have Lip Bar that's now in Target and that brand just started out as literally lip products for women of color. Now they have foundation and they have bronzers and stuff. So I just think about how eventually 
I want some type of retailer to come to me and offer me a contract to be in their store. So I have to be diverse in what I offer. I try to offer things for people on an intermediate level of makeup, people that's really basic and beginner level makeup, people that don't wear makeup. That's what the whole, the lip scrub is another thing that I wanted to come out with because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't wear makeup. So, you know, I really want to buy from you. I really want to support you, but I don't wear makeup. So the lip scrub was one of those things where I wanted to offer for people that don't wear makeup. I just want to offer something for everybody. Then you have the men that follow me and they're like, well, when are you going to come out for products for men? And I'm like, well, what can I do for men? So I did the beard kit and I'm now I'm working on, you know, another men's product. And because I'm not a man, I have to get you know, insight from other people. Like, even with the beard kit, I've been sitting, <laughs> believe it or not, I've been sitting on these beard kits since a little after Father's Day because I wanted to launch them for Father's Day originally because I thought that would be, like, a decent, that would be so cool. You know, Father's Day, you know, if your dad has a beard or your boyfriend has a beard, you know, just get him a kit. Easy idea for a, a um, gift. But because of Corona and everything, shipping was really delayed. So I got it like end of June. And then because of Corona, again, it was really hard for me to plan a photo shoot and everything because I'm not a man. So I can't sit down and talk about these bear products because my, my, my fat, like, you know, like my reviews on it or it's telling you it smells good and it's infused with this oil and that oil and it does this, that, and the third. It's not going to really stand with the man because they're like, well, what do you know? So since ju- since the end of June, I've been sitting on these products and I've been having different men test them. And it just really comes with, I want to, you know, give give examples. I want to show that it gives results and things like that. So my whole inspiration really comes from just trying to provide for everyone. And I know I'm not going to make everyone happy at the end of the day, but majority, right? So like I said, from beginner makeup to intermediate, men, women, they, thems, non-binary, whoever, right? That's my whole thing. I like to provide for at least everyone, right? And I want to be a household name eventually. So that's what I'm working towards. And I'm just trying to build a brand. Like I'm just trying to be all inclusive and anything that comes to mind, like you can get it on my website. That's the kind of thing I want to do. So if you want to go shop for yourself as a woman and get some makeup, but you know, your boyfriend has his beard that he's trying to grow or whatever. You can add a beard kit to your car. You know, you want to get a nice little mirror for your niece because she might be a little too young for makeup, but she's like into the cute makeup stuff. You can get her a mirror that's coming soon. So things like that, you know, everybody, everything, all in one place. I think that's smart thinking. That's forward thinking. That's just also too wanting to, like you said, just serve everybody, not wanting to. I mean, with some businesses, yeah, like you obviously you have to stick to a set clientele. It's just designed for that person. But I think you kind of took that connotation. You kind of took that idea and you, like you said, you ran with it a little bit. Like you said, after a while, you realized that not everybody's wearing makeup. So, hey, let me let me go over here with it. 
Okay. Well, now the the women are having a lot of fun with this, a lot of success with this. They're they're happy with their products. But okay, maybe the men feel left out a little bit. As always, men always got to speak on something and say something. So you now you're looking out for them, and now you're just thinking about the kids even still. So that really just not only does it expand your brand, but it also just it makes people just feel more more comfortable to shopping with a brand. It's nothing like being able to to shop with a brand and 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 it can be all inclusive. But like you said, whether it be children, whether it be men, women, you can knock out more than one bird with more than in just one stone sometimes. So I think that that's even very smart on your behalf, just from recognizing, just from moving back and forth, just from from seeing things, seeing what works, what doesn't work, uh, what you got good reviews with, what people are asking about. And like you said, even still some of the stuff just you're sitting, some of the stuff you just can't do it right now, or some of the stuff you're still just, it's kind of just in the works too, which also goes to show that you're just not somebody who wants to just put stuff out there, wants to just, hey, let me grab that. Let me throw it on the site. Let me grab, but not even know like the true ins and outs of it. Will it feel? Will it work? You've really taken your time, like you said, because not everything is going to be a hit. You won't please everybody. That's just the nature of business. That's just the nature of anything. That's just life. With it, with it, it's, I'm pretty sure it's people out there who listen to the podcast. Don't listen to the podcast. It, it just it is what it is. People who visit your website and buy something, visit the website, don't buy something. That's just how it goes. So now with, like you said, something that I like that you kind of keep bringing up and in, in you're manifesting is this household name. With that, with that idea, with that thinking, when you say household name, are you somebody who is looking to more so take partnerships with other people, like more so with something that comes to mind immediately is just what Honeypot did with Target and how they kind of just branded themselves, got commercials. They had a whole section when I was in Target, just a whole aisle, which is Honeypot products. And Or are you someone who more so wants to take things into her, her own hands, have her own maybe shop, maybe beauty bar? Um, stands, whatever the case may be, or are you somebody who kind of just wants to do a little bit of both? You know, I think about that often, and I have people that come to me very often and say, like, hey, I had this dream that your stuff was in Sephora, or it was here, or it was there, or you had your own store. And I've been saying recently, you know, I don't, I'm not interested in having a store. I'm only saying that because it's a lot of responsibility, and I that I don't think I'm responsible enough. It's just This pandemic has really opened my eyes to a lot of things. I've seen people lose their stores. Like, even when I'm just driving around my neighborhood, you just see a lot of places for lease. Like, places that you wouldn't even think would be for lease. Like, there's a car dealership right down the street from me, actually two of them, and they're both empty. And the the lot is for lease. Like, you would never think that a car dealership would be empty and you know, couldn't make their rent or whatever the case is. So this whole pandemic thing just really showed me how this e-commerce money is so powerful. Um, But that's neither here or there. Um, As far as like being in retailers like Target or Sephora, if push comes to shove, I really don't know. I have to do more research on how those type of things work because I know I know very little about retailing with retailers, <laughs> but I do know, you know, if you can't meet the criteria and if you can't push out the products fast enough, then they're kicking you out of their store. So, you know, when that time comes, hopefully I have the knowledge, I have the legal advice that I need to make the right decision, but at the end of the day, you know, actually, no, I take that back. I was going to say there's some household names that are known, but they're not in retailers, which is very false. So I take that back. Um, I was about to say that. But 
you know, when the time is right, I think I will provide. But until then, I'm just doing my own thing right now. Honestly, I'm just doing my own thing. I want to be known internationally. And then we'll see who puts the biggest check on the table. (laughs) Then we'll see who puts the biggest check on the table with the right requirements. Like, I don't want anyone to take over my brand. I want to always be involved in my brand. And I know sometimes when these retailers bring you into their store, whatever the case may be, you do a partnership, they try to take over. And I don't ever not want to be in charge of my brand. So that's just how I feel right now. We never know. My mind may change, but I just feel like I always want to have a hand in my brand. I don't want a overhead to tell me like, well, you can't do that. Because for every product I put out, there's a reason I put out each product. So if there's a product that I say I want to put out and the overhead tells me, no, you can't do that, I'm not going to like that. So we'll see. You're more than right. And that even the first thing I thought of was about these contracts with musics and these labels and how a lot of times some artists just, they may or may not just go with the first deal that comes across the table. They may or may not just take that first contract, just take that first amount of money for, I mean, whatever reasons, but within that fine print or some agreements, or you have people work things out for you, but you directly don't even know sometimes what you may or may not be signing yourself up for, what later down the line could impact your business, something that you worked all your life for potentially, or since 2015 for since rebranding, since moving, and you just know everything that went into it. So yeah, rightfully so, you should always want to hand in your business, want to hand in whatever you do. And that also made me think about too, just how you said you're not just how right away, like you're not, it's not just something that's really just of interest to you, which that even gives you more time to perfect your craft, come out with different products, come out with more products. You never know what can come from that. And so that way, when let's just say the time comes for you maybe to be in a retailer or the time comes where internationally somebody writes you a big check because money talks for sure, for sure, for Mm -hmm. sure. So you'll have so much to bring to the table, so many different products, so many different crowds that you can appeal to. So I think that that's even better moving down the line. So before we wrap things up here, I said, I do thank you for taking the time. I initially came into kind of this call just thinking that this was just going to be for our ladies, but for the fellas out there, you heard she she got some things for y'all and I'm pretty sure she won't stop there. And even for the kids out there too. So definitely just think about that as you're listening to this and as you're browsing through her website and her page. Now, is there anything that you feel like we didn't touch on in this interview or anything that you may have upcoming that you kind of just want to tease a little bit or just anything that you feel the audience out there that people should know about B. Taylor that they don't know necessarily? I think, you know, when I was younger, my original thing I wanted to be when I grow, grew up was a teacher, right? And my dad talked me out of it because he said they don't make enough money, right? So at the end of the day, I really love teaching other people. So I do teach other people things. Um, I have webinars and stuff like that. And I do one-on-one consultations. So I just thought people should know that. Like, I really, honestly, I love teaching people. I love giving them ideas. Like, I give my clients, I don't know if I should call them clients. It feels weird calling them clients because they become like friends after a while. But I give my clients so many ideas during our phone calls and I check up on them in like a week or two. And we go down the list. Like, we see what worked and we see what didn't work. And I just think, you know, 
at the end of the day, we should all help each other. Even sometimes I just tell people stuff just for free and they're like, oh, I was going to book a con- you don't have to. T- you don't have to do that. I want to help you. So I just think as a community, I know everyone is like secretly in competition with each other. Now, I'm not going to say everyone. Some people are like secretly in competition with each other, but there's like, what is it, like 8 billion people in the world? You don't have to be in competition with each other. There's so much money out there. Like so many girls that I know that I help sell the same products as me and I don't feel threatened at all. Like we all have our own audience. So if you can help somebody, just help somebody. I'm just saying that for, you know, anybody out there that may see someone struggling or may see someone discouraged about something like even earlier this week um I saw a young lady discouraged about the launch of her brand I guess it didn't do too well and I just gave her you know some pointers if you see someone you know sad or upset about something regarding business just offer a shoulder or offer an ear for them to just you know, let them tell you what's wrong because entrepreneurship is not easy like we all go through them days where you just don't even want to be bothered I definitely do like today was kind of one of those days and I was like okay you have to pull yourself together you have this phone call at two o'clock and you have to get things done so we all have the days it's pretty normal we're all humans so yeah and if you don't have anyone to talk to you know just take a day or two don't take all week don't take all month to yourself. Um, I even made a little post about this on Insta Stories the other day. But if, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you're going through, you know, maybe like a depressive state because that happens to us sometimes because, you know, our lifestyle is just very up and down. It's not consistent. Take a day or two for yourself. Don't take a month. Don't take two months. But if it's that serious, get help. It's okay to seek help. It's okay to tell someone that you need help. I think mental health is very important, and especially in the the Black community, we don't talk about it enough. So I know a lot of people listen to what I say or they watch my stories. So I, I just put that out there. And since I have the opportunity now, I'm just going to put that out there just for all my entrepreneurs and regular people too, because everyone has their, you know, their times in their lives when, you know, things aren't going too well. But yeah. I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> and y'all definitely heard it here first. Look, she's here as a resource, whatever you may need. Even if you like if it comes down to just having to take time for yourself, it's not easy. It's not we can all just get discouraged. I was that even made me, yeah, just think back to when, when I first dropped my podcast and I didn't me listening back to it, the first episode, I didn't really like it. But then I, I was getting feedback from other people and I was just realized like, wow, I'm really just being that hard on myself or just being that nitpicky and and then it just got better from there so you never really know who you're impacting who's watching it may not always reflect that way via social media via likes via comments somebody's always watching somebody's always seen you never know where it reached what maybe a repost did or whatever so just keep going you you know that you have a mission you have a a plan in mind you didn't start this for no reason and you didn't start this in vain so just keep making it happen keep working for sure and i definitely think that goes for you as well, just for everything that you're doing, everything that you're sitting on, everything that you have coming for you, everything that you've manifested just on this podcast alone. And just to be able to see your progress, just like I said, to be even able to come across you through social media from North Carolina, it was just amazing for me. And just to see like, wow, I went to middle school. 
I would have never thought that she would have even done something like that. Not to say like you wouldn't have been successful or anything like that, but why I didn't know she had that idea. I didn't know that she was thinking something like that. Like you said, you originally wanted to be a teacher and then it translated into this. So it's just amazing out there just how much talent that we have and just how much we can use that to help others instead of hinder others and be crabs in a barrel. Why not make it to the top with somebody else? It's boring being at the top by yourself, it seems like, or just eating by yourself when you can have somebody else there with you and even maybe offering a different perspective or something that you didn't think about. Or maybe y'all can, like you said, collab. So you just never know what can come from that, just from a conversation, just from talking to somebody. And I think a lot of times we get a little too prideful in our ways and you really just got to embrace everybody. So I definitely think Brianna gave a great message there with that. I think she gave a great interview throughout the whole podcast just in about everything that she's gone through, just from rebranding to just moving to just her product ideas to just manifestation to just everything. So I definitely think that there's something out there for everybody, entrepreneurs included. So Brianna, once again, I want to thank you for coming on today to talk about B. Taylor Beauty. And it was just amazing just to hear about the ideas behind a lot of things, just to hear about how things got started, what worked, what didn't work, and then what you even have coming for the future. So to all my ladies, to all my fellas, Adults, kids, whatever out there, she has something for all of y'all. So make sure y'all check out the page. I'll make sure to include all the information um, when I do post it. Um, and, and please be sure in the meantime, in between time, to follow us at Down to Business Podcast on Instagram. That is the number two. And then I'll make sure, like I said, I get everybody Brianna's information. But I do want to thank her for sitting down, taking the time. I want to thank everybody out there who's been listening and for the support. This has been another episode of the Down to Business Podcast here with Tamara Turner.